1: Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. The driver's seat. Stevie Johnson's going to fight him all. Seat. It's Redemption Day for Daniel Ricciardo. He wins the Monaco Grand Prix.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah.
2: The driver's seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. Yeah, that's.
0: What we're all, what that's we're only really left with at the moment. Yeah,
2: that's it. I want to make sure that in the opener, the new opener that we're going to do, I want to hear Mark Scaife calling an e race. He's in the fence. <laughs> He's over the the car park. on the, fence. He's the road. He's driving down the road. <laughs> all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it is esports. That's in very, in many ways we are really fortunate, boys, that um, our sport lends itself. To millions of people around the world, sitting down on a on a nightly basis, clicking on it, having a race, and mm. and all of our uh, all the major sports are doing it. All the major motorsports are doing it because you can't do it with soccer, you can't do it with no. Olympics, no. you can't do it with rugby, no. but you can do it with racing.
3: You got a touch of the speaking of Mark Gave, You got to touch of the Mark Scave tuts while you're sucking on that lollipop in your <laughs> mouth, mate. I can t- give you the tip. <laughs> But look, in well, case I may have
0: coronavirus,
2: <laughs> don't make me walk the two and a half meters to the other side of the studio and sneeze on <laughs>
0: you. Go away! But in case you have missed the announcement, uh, the full Virgin Australian Supercars Championship field will contest the inaugural Supercars All Star E Series that starts uh, April eighth. Now this is it's actually the full field, so you, we're going to see. All three Matt Stone racing drivers on the grid. There's not going to be a super light p- program sharing a virtual car there. It's going to be the biggest supercar field in years. <laughs> <laughs> it actually is. <laughs> I but was um,
2: waiting for you to have a go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but what's, what's, so what's going to happen is uh, it, it runs for 10 rounds. All drivers will be racing remotely from home since pretty much that's where we're all stuck. Uh, the first two races were at Phillip Island, uh, virtually, obviously, and another one in Monza. How about that? That'll be slow, Monza, won't it? Yeah, not.
3: Um,
2: <laughs> I, and you know, it's going to be really interesting because I, I was never a supercar driver, Stevie. You are a supercar driver. Um, were uh, were. were uh. Um, are were are. Do you think it's just going to be a send fest? They're just going to put each other in the wall for a gag and a no, giggle, I, or I do don't. you reckon they're going to be super competitive because they're competitive athletes? Anyway, do you think they're going to be competitive, or they're just going to have fun? And- nah,
3: they, they'll be competitive. I mean, they'll, you, if they're not in contention in contention for the win, I think you're going to see a bit of a, a bit, of <laughs> bit of silly sending. buggers going on. <laughs> but uh, you know, as this is all going to be broadcast by Fox Sports, it's going to be commentated properly. It's going to be yeah, like driver standards advised properly. Like you know, I don't know if Craig Baird's doing it or not, but th- that sort of thing. You know, yeah, yeah right. Um, it's a serious thing and they're trying to make it serious so when the public and the fans and the sponsors do watch it, it's not, you don't want it to be just a cluster like you're no. in the middle of, you know, some sort of yeah, uh, demolition off. derby yeah. at Archerfield which I've, which I've been in the middle of. <laughs> um, you know, you do, you want it to be, and, and you want to see some good hard racing and some biffing and pushing and, you know, eight cars coming to the last corner all dive bombing each other. That's what we want to see. It'd be cool fun.
2: And I think there's a thirst for it because if you look on what um, Formula One and NASCAR did and all that kind of stuff—they're all running series mm. and they're being well watched. Like if you—the numbers on the NASCAR thing, Nimsy—I look. I'm not an e-racing guy, right? Because I'm an old bloke. But um, I was shocked. I think they had an average. Was it an average of 900,
0: 903,000, uh, So just shy yeah, of a million on TV watching yeah. it. And then they had one hundred and forty thousand
2: fans watching via and on a, a streaming oh, a stream. online yeah. services
0: via like I, Twitch and Facebook and all that sort of stuff. But one
2: hundred and seventy thousand people watching the virtual Bahrain Grand Prix on YouTube. Mm. I mean, it, it's an extraordinary thing, clearly. And I'm
3: I'd like to know. I'd like you to pronounce the Formula Two driver's name that won that too.
2: <sighs> Let's have a look. He was he a Chinese driver? No. Uh Guan Yu Zhao. <laughs> Guan Yu Zhao won the virtual Bahrain Grand Prix. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen uh, Johnson. Um, but not only and, for the And ones,
3: once he got onto the podium, he wasn't allowed to take his balaclava <laughs> off.
2: <laughs> there was no bat celebrations that evening in a restaurant somewhere.
0: Um, you know, you, you talk about that NASCAR number, though. Yeah. Uh, it, the the thing that made it even more appealing was the fact he had some Old school names join the fray as well. So, yeah, Denny Hamlin won the 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 Dixie Vodka 150, which I love the fact that it's still got its sponsor. I <laughs> got a sponsor. How good is which that? Which is fantastic. And that was at uh, the Homestead Miami Speedway. But he had a pretty much a door to door because I was watching the highlights of this, and it was actually really cool to see Denny Hamlin and Dale Earnhardt Jr. door to door, trying to fight for the finish. They were taking it so seriously. These guys. How good? Yeah. How
3: That's good. cool, isn't it?
2: Do
0: you reckon has supercars asked Dick Johnson to
2: come out of retirement and have a crack? And oh how, mate, how would Dick go on the simulator? <laughs> do you reckon?
3: <laughs> he'd get in, he'd pop his hip out, and he wouldn't be able to push anything. <laughs> Let him be going. Where's the control alt delete? <laughs> no, 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 no good, no good,
2: no. no okay, no. Um, but not just Formula One, not just supercar. TCR Australia. Uh, through ARG, they are um, they're going to be having an e-sport cup
3: by car sales. On the, Like
2: mm. uh, by car sales, uh starting uh, on Thursday, April the second, at which my esteemed co-host is going to be uh, getting back behind the wheel, yes, and competing in the the e-series, the e-sport cup by uh, ARG. Yeah, yeah. Which will be in a multiple of the cars. Not just T C R cars yep. but uh S five thousand cars and all. Which like I, I think I think there.
3: it's gonna be Formula Renault, which is a right. very comparable thing to the S five thousand. So they're
2: gonna have a Transam, they're gonna have a NASCAR for Trans Am, something yep. like that.
3: Yep. So I think it's gonna be really cool. I think it's gonna be something different and you know, it's really cool to be a part of it. They're gonna they're gonna do liveries up from uh, everyone's car. So, my car yeah. will have an XD livery on it, you know, from the TCM side of things. That'll and be cool. So, just, it's, I think it's going to be really well, I guess, pushed by ARG, but then I think it's the reception is going to be, be great by not only the, the online racing fans, but just the fans in general to see something different. Uh, and the one thing that I love about it is that, uh, uh, you know, I haven't done a hell of a lot of sim racing, I've done a little bit. Yeah. Um, but my young fella Jet, he's in there all the time racing. So so ARG want Jet and myself to alternate. So it'll be cool. So it's one week it'll light be myself. Program. It's a, it's it's ARG's Superlight program. And that's the, for the first time in history series. that a
2: Johnson's been called Superlight. Yes, exactly right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Go away, mate. That Go not suck on your lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but. It's going to be. I think it's going to be cool. Like to have Jet yeah. in there, he's really excited to be able to race against some of the guys. You know, he'll be racing against probably Garth Tander and Will Brown and all these guys. So it's it's going to Imagine be really cool. Him.
2: How good if he beats him on spec? That's that's going to be good for him. That's yeah. going to be a people will love seeing. Yep. Jet Johnson toweling up Garth Tander and <laughs> and whoever might. And be. You and you and I will
3: be sitting in that media oh, room of mine oh, with absolutely. a beverage in each hand. Yeah, yeah. And if it's the last lap, yep. With half a lap to go, and yep. G and Jet Johnson's behind Garth Tanner, Oh, you know Sit what you will all be saying. <laughs> Get him yeah. out of there, mate. Absolutely. Send him. Sorry, GT, I like your mate, but you know.
2: Absolutely. And of course, if we are sitting on that couch, it'll be a meter and a half apart from each other. Yes, hundred uh,
3: percent.
0: As yeah. is as is the style these days. As but, is the
2: style these days. As we are in the studio right now. I find him myself yelling because he's so far away, but then I forget we're on a microphone with headphones.
0: And you forget that he, he barely listens as well. But um true. Whenever I talk he checks his phone. <laughs> no. But look, it is what is great to see, and this is the advantage that, you know, motorsport has that and as you said, the ball spots don't, no. that uh, we can still have our competitive athletes out there and in a capacity too, And it might even see a chance to, you know... This is going to be one of the few times you're going to see Jamie Wincup probably at the back of the pack or and maybe someone like an Anton Di Pasquale up the front, you know, and really dominating a couple of laps ahead. So this is really going to shake things up, and it's a great initiative, and I'm just sure all the networks, KO, Fox Sports just going, yes, just give us something to put on right now. I
2: I cannot imagine (laughs) this is uh, unprecedented, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, in the content, in the in the content corridors of Fox Sports, and in fact, in some of the radio stations, it would be. A never-ending conversation, you know, and and I think we're in a very lucky position with motorsport that we can do this, we can report on it, we can have a laugh about it, our fans can watch it, we can still have fun with Formula One. I saw Lando Norris and his Twitch account uh, having a laugh with with Max Verstappen about what they were going (laughs) to do the other day. So so the entertainment side of it, during this hiatus, we're going to see some real human being stuff rather than just athlete, robot, race car drivers, we're actually going to see some behind the scenes stuff. And I think that's going to be fantastic. And, and you know, you're going to be able to watch the, uh, behind the scenes of Erebus motorsport on Fox sports and KO right. that's coming up, uh, in the next week or so as well. So, you know, We'll just make do, lads, and we'll have a bit of fun doing it. You won't see me behind the wheel of a, uh, of a simulator, but uh, we, it will be good to see the Johnsons and the Tanders and the Wind Cups and SVGs. And, and I think you said it right, uh, Anton DePasquale, I reckon he's going to be a gun. He will be one to watch in the new championship, I reckon.
0: Uh, him and SVG, I reckon, uh, yep, going to go head to head. SVG will be
3: a ripper. This is going to be good to to battle with the boys and um, you know see uh, see who spends way too much time in their living room <laughs> when they're not when they're not at the racetrack.
0: Well, the both the Car Sales ARG Esport Cup will be starting on Thursday, April the second, and the Virgin Australia Supercars all-stars e-series that's a mouthful uh, starts on april 8th and it's going to be really interesting to see and there's even talk that we might even see a supercars versus the world event and maybe we'll see a couple of uh, nascar slash f1 oh, drivers get cool. involved too that'd so cool. there's plenty of racing even if it's not on track we can at least sort of see it in a virtual form but uh, you are listening to the driver's seat we do it thanks to Kubota. together we're building australia
2: this is The Driver's Seat for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia.
0: Welcome back to The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making Tomorrow Matter. And together, we're building Australia. Right now, it's time for our feature into for IMR Insurance. The tradies, mate. Call 13 3 imr
3: In the background, he lines yeah. it up out of the final corner, and Jamie Winker to to you, adds to an already impressive library oh, catalogue of victories in Adelaide. Get
2: it. Get it. Nice, well Adelaide, are you ready? Your race one winner for 2020 from the Red Bull Holden Racing Team is Jamie Winker.
0: He's arguably the greatest of all time, and he's got the stats to back it up. 497 starts, 119 wins, the most of any driver, 239 podiums and 80 armor pole positions. Plus, he's a record seven-time Supercars Championship, including four in a row from 2011 to 2014. Please welcome back to the driver's seat, Jamie Winkarp. How are you going? (laughs) Going all right, Jamie, and... uh... I'll tell you what, mate. Uh, first off, welcome to the driver's seat again for 2020, and uh, congratulations on approaching 500 starts. A bit of a disappointment that we didn't get to tick off that milestone, but uh, still a fantastic achievement, and you must be very, very chuffed.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, it was um, it was somewhat disappointing. Yeah, I was all amped up for um, for yeah, my 500th race at the at the Grand Prix. Um, we did two, we did do two practice and two quality runs. Uh, and I qualified on pole for the, for my 500th race, <laughs> but uh, then went in there the next day, and then it was she was all called off. So, uh, but um, yeah, it, it'll come, it'll come. The Supercars have just announced this morning, which you may know, mm-hmm. that um, we have we have followed pretty much international sport across the world, and we'll be delaying things for uh, for a few months. And uh, but but once, uh, hopefully, this far as. Uh, nicks off in the next few months and we can uh, get racing again come the middle of the year.
0: Yeah, we echo that, uh, that disappointment, but at the same time, it is a global thing. It's not just supercars and all the teams and supercars have done a great job to reschedule, mate, but uh, like I said, the stats don't lie. You're going to become just the eighth driver in the 60-year history of the championship to reach that milestone, but for some reason, retirement, your post-race career always seems to be the biggest talking point at the start of each year, but there was some very good news before the Superloop Adelaide 500. You've put pen to paper. You're going to be with Triple uh, Eight and in that Red Bull Holden until uh, at least at the end of 2021. Now, when you sat down with RD, did it go very smoothly? Does he have a plan post-2021? Or did he go to you, you're up the front. Do you want to keep racing? Do you enjoy it still? What happened?
1: Yeah, so the, the older you get, the the you do have to ask yourself the question at the end of the year do i can i can i put in 10% more than the previous year to uh to maintain my performance for for the following so i asked myself the question over the break and the answer was yes you know i can't can't really think of a life without racing or traveling all over the country um racing cars so um decided i'd go on for 2021 um rd sort of gave, he he gave me the option you know he he knows I'm sensible enough to, um, to recognize not just myself, but, um, he knows that I want to make sure that the best person's in driving car 88. And while uh, at the moment, I believe, um, that's uh, I'm the best person to drive that car one day that'll, um, that'll certainly change. But, uh, for 2021, happy to be, to be signed up again. And yeah, we just, we, to be honest, we just want to get out there and go racing. We started the year. Well, Adelaide is fantastic. We had a, a second and a pole at the Grand Prix before, um, before we all got put on hold. But mm-hmm. um, so far, so good in, uh, in 2020.
0: You talk about uh, being the fastest guy in car radio. At the moment, the only one that seems to be matching your speed very consistently is the bloke in the garage next to you in car 97. Uh, you and Shano obviously going to be at, at the same team until the end of 21. How good is that to have, first off, that level of consistency? And secondly, uh, a teammate that continually keeps pushing because if shane could get any faster we'd be breaking the speed of light I reckon.
1: Yeah. Well it's a good partnership because one, you know, there's that cliche thing in motorsport. The first person you gotta beat your teammate. And that and while that's true, we um, we work together incredibly well. You know, where I don't know, I'd like to think we're a bit above the old all we've got to do is beat the teammate. We we, we really after every session we come together and um if anyone's found a game somewhere in a line or a setup or any or, you know another gear or something we uh, we share it with each other and know we, we, uh, we really understand if we work together we'll be we'll be fighting for one and two in the championship as opposed to working against each other and fighting for fifth and sixth so the, the partnership's worked really well um you know, we've been working together now I think I think Shane joined in two thousand and sixteen so mm-hmm. it's been a few years now um and yeah just really enjoy the partnership and most important thing is we push each other to, to make each other better.
0: One of the other very important partnerships, obviously, in your team is, of course, you with Craig Lowndes. You'll be teaming back together. We've got the Enduro Dream Team back again, too, with GT jumping in with SVG as well. But uh, a bit of a change this year, as it was last year, but you'll have a bit of a warm-up at Bathurst. The Bend, uh, as a 500-kilometre race, you and Lowndes in there, you can't yeah. get two better steers behind that car, but... That track, people still haven't sort of figured out the ins and outs of it and just the minor quirks, have they? It's our first new
1: circuit for oh, over 15 years. Mm-hmm. So we're very, very thankful to have a brand-new state-of-the-art $120 million facility um, get built here in Australia. And it's fantastic for uh, for South Australians and anyone in Adelaide. It's only, it's only a short-hour drive out to Tail and Bend, and it's you know, one of the best racetracks tracks you'll go to. So uh, I've really enjoyed the circuit. I'm... Um, I've worked with the Shaheen brothers and and help them where they can promote the promote the track and what a what a great place it is. Uh, we've had some success here in the past, which has been great. And but as you say, um, it was a little weird last year. It was hey, I like change, but mm-hmm. it was a little weird. The first enduro race being Bathurst, you know. It's, uh, it, while it's okay for the likes of say so Lounsey and myself, um, for anyone that was new to to the season of endurance or new to the sport, it was probably a little bit of a a steep, uh, steep learning curve going straight to Bathurst for the first time. So uh, this year, uh, if it, hey, if it all goes well and we're <laughs> we're back racing in June and uh, the economy hasn't taken too much of a hit, mm-hmm. um, it'd be great to be able to to um, do the 500 at Tail and Bend before we go to Bathurst.
0: In a way, it sort of makes it a little bit easier too, in the sense that everyone's on an even playing field. I mean, we've all we've only had supercars races there for the past three years or two years, my maths very horrible so yeah. it, it, we could see some very very exciting racing but uh heading back to this year's season your victory Saturday at the Superloop Adelaide 500 now I was there obviously some very bad news with the demise of Holden came out earlier in the week in the lead up to the Superloop Adelaide 500 yeah. and there were a lot of passionate fans that uh, you know wear red with pride and even fans that wear blue that were just absolutely heartbroken you first off yeah. getting the pole and then getting the first race win really, really lifted the spirits. You could tell that the day sort of changed and the event sort of became, oh, "Hang on, we're here to we're here to enjoy a bit of car racing and some fun." It's, this game is fun. Now, yeah. what did that mean to you to take the first win of uh, of 2020, especially in light of uh, the horrible news about Holden?
1: Yeah, as you say, it was twofold. It's I find it really important to win the first first race of the. Of the of the decades, um, that's always that's always nice, um, but yeah, we, it was just unbelievable news that come through that Holden. You know, Holdens are as Aussie as pies and bloody kangaroos. Like <laughs> the the, his, the history of Holdens in motorsport is is as long as any anyone I know. And um, yeah, for for such an icon, like an absolute powerhouse, um, say twenty years ago, for them to say we're 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 all over at the end of this year. It was um it was all a bit of a shock, you know? Uh, even the like the greats of like Mark Scape. He had a bit of a tyranny guy. Yeah. It was it was it's an emotional thing. We've been attached to this brand uh, for so long and not just us, the the dealers and the you know, any any salesperson that they don't just go to work and sell a car. They're they're actually really passionate and, and um and stand by the the Holden brand. So it's going to take a little bit to get used to, but, yeah, what what could I do? What could I do in the grand scheme of things? Go out and win the first race, you know, after the announcement. So that was a, that was a proud moment.
0: It really did sort of lift the spirits of a lot of Holden fans that really had the pinprick and the balloon there. But uh, uh, before I let you go, yeah. Jamie, one more thing I do want to ask. Uh, it's been quite a... I've loved it. It's a new introduction in 2020, not just talking about new aero changes or new shocks. That arm roll white Viking helmet is one of the most fun things <laughs> I've seen brought into yeah. supercars, mate. And you seem yeah. to be absolutely having a ball with it. I mean, <laughs> what, is it, what is it about the Viking helmet that you just love getting it on your noggin and uh, then just having a bit of a yeah. clown about?
1: Well, it could be anything. I'm so pumped after getting a pole, you know. Poles are, <laughs> poles are hard to come by these days. So anyone you get, you're pretty pumped about. And, um, hey, marketing people trying to mix it up, you know, you've got to respect that. Um, all have been around for a long time and they're just trying to uh trying to mix it up. So yeah, throw the cap on, get excited, get uh get the crew around and <laughs> and um enjoy that. Hey, we all went out there and there's only one person that can be uh well the only one team that can be yeah, can be quicker so to enjoy the moment
0: before the season's done, can you try to get one of those on SVG <laughs>
1: <laughs> he had no he he said absolutely no way he's wearing that helmet but we'll I'll, I'll work on it i'll work on it i'll get him I'll get him in it before the end
0: of the year for sure well we'll do our absolute best but Jade up been an absolute pleasure mate uh we really look forward to seeing your five hundred race and here's to five hundred more. Even if it's on the other side of the fence, we'd love to see it still be yeah. a big part of supercars for many, many years to come, mate. But all the best and uh, enjoy this little break that you have before we hopefully get back racing.
1: Yeah, will do. Thanks for chatting. Um, yeah, enjoy this E-Series coming up. I will be bringing up the rear. Don't worry about that. But um, enjoy that. And then, yeah, let's get the cars back and get as crazy as we can.
0: Maybe we can get you a Super Nintendo controller or something rather than the new fancy pants ones.
1: I think that's the last time i played a video game. This is Super Nintendo. So I'm in a bit of
0: strife. But anyway, there we go. (laughs) Thanks, Up. Jamie Winkup was our feature interview. Thanks to IMAR Insurance, the tradies, mate. Call 13 IMAR or visit IMAR.com.au. This is the driver's seat across Australia for Kubota. Together, we're building Australia. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. Welcome back to The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota, Building Australia. Uh, right now, since we've, we might have a bit of a lull and a hiatus in the world of motorsport, but that doesn't mean we can't have a look at the podium. Now on The Driver's Seat, The Podium. We do it thanks to Bendix Brakes. And if you want cleaner wheels, fit Bendix Brakes. You know what? If they did do races in this current world climate... You'd have to have a bigger podium with one point five uh, meters in
3: between P one, oh, P two, and, and P three. how wide it'd be. They'd be spraying hand sanitizer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's actually very funny, Steve. Well done. <laughs> but um, we thought we'd have a look see at some dominant defending champions, and we'll start off with Mark Scaife in two thousand and two. Now, Stevie, you'd probably got have some rather
3: horrible memories when it comes to Mark Scaife in the early two thousands. <laughs> <2000s. laughs> Yeah. Yes, he he was like he was definitely, you know. And I've said this before, and this is no disrespect to Mark Scaife, but he was not a very natural driver. Uh, and what I mean by that is that he couldn't not drive and come and jump into a car and be quick. He was he was probably one of the hardest workers uh, in behind the scenes, and he worked and he was in cars and he was working on his technique and he's flat out to to be as good as what he was. And yeah. you know, I think you know. For for me to and for any uh, any young kids to understand what you need to do and what you need to sacrifice, he was he was one of the blokes that that I guess that's what I really admired about him.
2: Super analytical,
3: super analytical. He wasn't the most. It's like a, a natural footballer. You know, sometimes they're not quite as natural as yep. you know maybe a Cameron Smith or whatever it might be, but. Um, they work so hard on what they need to yep. do, and all of a sudden, you know, things just click, and mm. they're there, you know. Yep. And that's what Mark was, yep. and he he business wise, you know, his decision making and where he needed to be to get the success. Yep. That's another trick of uh, where where you you, know, you foresee you need to go. Um and you know he did that well and and that's why you know there's a lot of reasons on and off the track why he was so successful
2: and they were powerful days back then I mean uh, uh, the the HRT the Holden Racing Team they were the Red Barons I think they were called the Dark Side or the Empire or something like that they were <laughs> they were seriously seriously good and we know that Mark. um Mark, Mark's a polarizing character. Um, Some people don't like him. Some people, a lot of people do love him. Um, But in those days, with that team, that engineering prowess, HSV was flying, uh, the Holden dealer team. I mean, it was... Is It was big, and they had a lot of history behind them. So you look at those cars, I think one of the cars uh, he actually had, it might have been the, the 2001 car that he had. They call that the, uh, the golden child, because I think it won everything at that yeah. point. It must have been something to race against him, though. I mean... So he was analytical in in how he set the car up, and he worked hard. But how was he from a racecraft point of view? Was a dirty driver like they say? Craig Lowndes loves to just tap on your rear bar just to let you know there, and he's intimidating. Was Mark like that as well on the track, or was he more? Well, I think if you got him, he realised he was a shot duck, and he
3: got out of your way. Yeah, I, it's not. I don't think he was that intimidating as such. But I think as the years went on, what was intimidating was that you've got this you know, three-time, four-time champion behind you. So that's, it's sort of of what the past is t- right. a, and the, the achievements, stature. the stature, yes, okay. rather than what they're doing on the track, right, you know. Okay. And I think that's more so for me what it was about and just to to realise that, you know, by then, 2002, when, when you know, this is sort of what we were talking about here generally, um, that was, you know, my third full year, you know, yeah, that right. was into my third season mm. of supercars. So I'd done 2000 was my first full-time year. And you um, yeah, I'd always kicked around with those guys too as a kid sure. at the track. So sure. then you're on the track full time racing them. It's just it's one of those experiences that you've just gotta you've almost gotta shut out and just go, just another car on the track yeah. and just, just race race it as you see it.
0: If you want to know just how dominating Scafey was in 2002, first off, this is the third title that he won in a row. But he had 15 race wins out of 29 races. That includes Bathurst with Jim Richards as well, which completed back-to-back championship and Bathurst doubles. That's how dominant Mark Scaife wow. was.
3: And that's more than a 50% race win <laughs> ratio there. Yeah, exactly. For the not, year. Bad, not bad. Not what was bad. Scotty, what was Scotty last year? I can't actually remember if it was that many. Uh, no, he was 18 no, race wins. I but, I mean, the races are different now because there's, like, 4 billion races yes. a year with three in yeah. a weekend or whatever. So, yeah.
0: Speaking of, uh, let's have a look. Just two years later, though, Marcus Ambrose in 2004, he won his second championship uh, for Stone Brothers Racing with the BA Falcon, 11 out of 26 races. Obviously, Marcus Ambrose had a very successful career in NASCAR as well. But this was sort of, um, we, we as you just said, Stevie, HRT and Holden were absolutely flying. So with Marcus going back-to-back in 03 and 04, and then uh, in 05, uh, having Russell Ingall win in a Ford uh, BA Falcon as well, that was sort of maybe a bit of, a bit of justice for Ford fans, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, it was. It was, uh, it was huge, wasn't it? I mean, that, yeah. that, that whole era, uh, wasn't that, you know, with what happened back then? You know, we only just spoke to, to Matt Stone about that and about mm-hmm. this particular car. To be honest, so uh, to have you know a, another car, same again, winning that many races. What was it, eleven? Yeah, eleven twenty six. Yeah, and that in- I think that
0: included it. Also, he swept Adelaide, and also did Sydney as
3: well, and was just unstoppable. I think he was unstoppable. By memory, at Phillip Island as well, mm. like that. He was always ridiculously fast at Phillip Island, Marcus was, for for whatever reason. So, I mean, it was ridiculously fast everywhere, but that was one of those ones. Like Scotty Mack, he goes to Phillip Island, not the supercars are going there this year. Yeah. But he just he just clicks with that. He, he loves that style of track, and you just can't get near him. Uh, in
0: 2005, though, Ambrose was on track to win three in a row until round 10 at Bathurst, where he and Greg Murphy had... <laughs> Should we call it a disagreement? A discussion. Balaclava Gate. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Was that the same year, Balaclava Gate? Yeah, it was. uh, Yeah, when he was sort of running where he probably shouldn't have been running because he wasn't wearing a balaclava, and then they had to restart and going up the hill. Well, it was Greg Murphy's
3: team that Dobbs Stone Brothers in, and that's when he had to come in and fit his balaclava. Warren Luff, who was driving with uh, Russell.
2: uh, Was it Russell?
3: I think it was driving with Russell. He had to come in. Yeah. Uh, no, he was driving with with Marcus. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had to come in, get out of the car, and just Run bolt away. straight to the trailer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, basically they had a... They had a balaclava in the trailer that was already soaked in water for him to pretend as the scrutineers are running after yeah, him. Yeah. He'd taken his helmet and everything off and handed him over this cold, wet balaclava <laughs> when it should have been, s- been nice and warm. So you're anyway. saying
2: there was a little angst between uh, Kmart Racing and Pertec Racing, at yeah. that it was at that stage. Come up to the cutting got into each other. Marcus had already announced, I think, that he was going to NASCAR by that stage, and Greg just got out of the, got out of the car and went off.
3: I think it was both of them on track, really. It's where it started. And <laughs> yeah. No, none wanted to give each other room through the... There was a restart late in the race yeah. coming up to the cutting, and one was slightly on the inside, and the you other You can't one go wasn't. too wide. You know the, no, you can't go too wide through there. So they had their big blow-up. And the funny thing is, you know, that nearly blocked the track, remember? It did, absolutely. Uh, and that car of Marcus's was very heavily damaged. couldn't Couldn't um, even couldn't get it back. Couldn't even get it back to the pits. No. no. Uh, so <laughs> the the really funny thing was, I think Greg was so much liking and wanting and focusing on getting out of the car to have an argument with Marcus <laughs> that he jumped. He finished the argument. He got in the medical car and off he went. And by all means, at the end of the race, uh, the team started his car up and drove it back to their pit garage <laughs> oh with nothing God. wrong with it. <laughs> but but apart from a few few uh, uh, dings and bashes in the doors and that from the, from the rattling up there. So yeah. it was a
2: great end. It was it was a great end to his supercars career and a, and a couple of years of domination there. And it was a great looking car too.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Last but not least, on the podium, 1989. Dick Johnson. Now, oh. now, DJ here, he'd already won three championships between 1981 and 1984. 1988, he went and added to his list. And in 1989, i tell you what, that Ford Sierra and Dick Johnson, and even JB as well, just absolutely carved up the championship. Was it like... Which race do you want? Do you, oh, should I go? No, no, well, JB, how would you like this one? Because <laughs> you could not split those Ford Sierras in 1989. But, yeah, DJ, absolutely dominated and comfortably won Bathurst as well. Yeah, won every,
3: uh, sorry, led every lap. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it was. I think, one of those races that it, it could have been the one that got away because it had, they had a turbo issue late in the race where they had no boost and it had actually thrown off quite a few of the... Uh, the fins on the turbo on the turbine wheel and the turbo. So that was just lucky that those fins went down and out the exhaust rather than in the engine. Yeah, right. And, um, you know, well, they went through the engine and got spat out with no damage, but, um, that, that car, they were dominant. They, after 1987, when the Eggenberger Sierras came over and absolutely yep. tell everyone up, yes, they were illegal. They got found to be illegal. illegal at the fuel. End. Mm-hmm. Legal fuel, legal front track. Yeah. Uh, Dad, and I'm pretty sure it was 88 or 89 that he went back... Uh, it was 89, it was that year, that he went over to Silverstone and, and into it was like a like an invitational at the end of the year mm-hmm. and uh, absolutely smoked him. He didn't win the race because the thing... Uh, I think it did something with regard to... like the, It overheated like the... Yeah,
2: something mechanical fault. Some,
3: some mechanical fault late yeah. in the race where the, um, the radiator cap had it failed and it spat its water out or something, but... Uh, he qualified on pole. He was 1.6 seconds faster than the Eggenberger cars on P2 and three, uh, and he led the race by like two thirds of a lap. Not even halfway into the race before uh, him and John had to retire. It's a big year. With, it was huge. It was massive. That was a big
2: year. He could wheel. He could wheel a Sierra, and he could make the most out of out of those cars. I mean, without the dy- without the turbo on them, what did they push? 90 horsepower on the yeah. dyno.
3: Yeah, 90 flat horsepower flat out.
2: And then once you bolted on the hairdryer. What did they come up to?
3: What did he, what did Dad say? He said it was uh, chuck on the turbo, 2.4 bar of boost, and it's got 660 horsepower. <laughs>
2: but but they weren't nice to drive, were they? No, they were hot. They looked. If you look at the in-car vision, they looked horrible to drive. They were like light switches. 90 horsepower up until the boost came up, and then when the boost came on, bang! It was all 600 horsepower right there through a
3: tire that's narrower than what they currently use on supercars. So through a 10-inch wide rear tire. Uh, that's all I had. So yeah, it was, and like as Dad said, he says they were actually pretty good to drive. You know, and he says that, but you know, oh, they're they pretty didn't look good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were pretty good to drive in the dry when the tyres were good. Yeah. When the tyres were a little bit old, they were pretty hard. And he says in the wet, they were just an absolute nightmare. He says normally uh, there's a boost knob in the car, and Dad's hopeless. Like if the engine guy says, "Dick, do not go past number five on the boost knob." you know, dad will screw it around at 10 and keep trying to turn it. That's what he does. He's hopeless, right? He is hopeless. But he says in the wet, you can't get it back far enough the other way just to try to actually get some drivability really? into it. Yeah. Wow. So so it's very cool, very cool. And, I, I, you know, I love those days. And
2: Is he building one at the moment? Yeah. He we're gonna, and Ryan we're, Story yep, they're gonna, and we're you we're got building one, building one, one together?
3: We're going to build one. I'm uh, going to build two, actually, and make one a ride car and uh, and restore one back to basically original um cool. and have it as a uh you know it's going to be a bit of a collector's piece to be fair so nice. yeah so that's going to be very cool
0: uh it's and it was kind of cool to see too at uh, Sandown a couple of years ago um the falcons in that in the old sierra shell that sort of blood red colour too. It looked really, yeah. really cool. But uh, those were three dominant defending champions on the podium. You can put your foot down with confidence. Thanks to Bendix brakes, Australian technology for all weather confident braking. You're listening to The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we're building Australia. This is The Driver's Seat for Kubota. Together, we're building Australia. Yeah, welcome back to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota for over 40 years we've been making tomorrow matter and together we're building Australia. Right now we thought we'd delve into the archives and give you a Bendix Brakes classic big moment. Now on the driver's seat, another Bendix Brakes big moment. Bendix, Australian technology for all weather confident braking. Yeah, if you want cleaner wheels, fit Bendix Brakes. Now, gentlemen, I'll play you the audio and let's see what memories they bring back.
3: This is the story. And that's Jamie Wincup passing the Lexus RCF safety car with the lights flashing. Can't see any green light, can't see any other additional signals. Jamie's obviously said that he felt that there was a green light or something that gave him the indication that he could go by. Frank Adamson from V8 Supercar has been in contact with race control. At race control, the clerk of course, the race director and all of the observers up there in consultation with the safety car Said no, we're happy that, in our opinion, it's a breach.
0: Jamie Winkup and safety cars. It all began here, didn't it? It,
2: it, it was one of those things where, as a spectator <laughs> and occasional racer, you looked at it and you went, "Hang on, what? Well, oh, did that just happen? I didn't. Did was." Really, did that just happen? And boy, did it have a profound effect on the race. And uh, and now Jamie does have this reputation of, oh. of <laughs> passing. Like, didn't he do it again? He did it at, did uh, it uh, at Townsville, yeah. didn't he? Oh, no, yeah, in New Pukacoway, Zealand. Yeah. He did it in Pukakaui in New Zealand. And again, you kind of look at it and go, Jamie,
3: he need. Mate, what are you doing, mate? Can you imagine the sponsorship he could get if he was? He is smart, and I'm sure. I am sure that uh, he him as a professional race driver and a bit of pride, would not want to approach spec savers as a sponsor, but it could be perfect. Could it be perfect?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it, it's a hard one, Nimsy, because it's, it's um, when you're in the moment, when you're in the car, when you, there's a million things going on and you you think you've got a sniff of something and, uh, and he just didn't... We've all, we've all, I would say, in our lifetimes as drivers, perhaps made a boo-boo at the lights. We may have run a red light or done something like that. But I've that was... Of course, you wouldn't have done that. Uh, but that was the running of the lights, the worst running of the lights I have ever seen, especially when you think of how much effort goes into a bathist and uh, just one rush of blood, and it was CMA. you, mate. Now, yeah. it, he, sorry, go, Steve.
3: I was just going to say, it's like you um just getting your dream job that you've been wanting for the, your whole life mm. and you're running late the first day you fire through a red light you get done for it mm-hmm. and you're late you to your, your job license. and you lose your and you, <laughs> and, you, and you yeah you, you lose your first and you, you made your job you know like that's yeah that's what it's like it's yeah. you build up to it all year and you just you cannot make those mistakes and and it just shows that every piece of the jigsaw in a race team is uh, needs to be spot on to win those races. You know, one little fault, whether it be the driver, whether it be the wheel guy, whether it be the strategist, whether it be the mechanic, you know, it doesn't matter who it is. If they don't do their job perfectly in those races and something goes wrong, that's the end of their day. With with this race in particular too, because um, obviously that's the
0: thing that stands out uh, in Jamie's run there, but he also ignored team order because he was told to pit um, I- in yep. this race, wasn't he? Yeah, he was.
2: Yeah. And and he, he I can't imagine what Duddo and, and the guys in the pit bunker were thinking when he just fires on past. And he did that to avoid a double stack with Lowndes because Lowndes had come in. And, and Jamie knew that that was going to hurt him, as a double stack always does. Mm. And so he just fired on through. And then so they're all shaking their heads about what's he just done here. And then he goes up mountain straight. And at turn two, he goes on approach to turn two, he goes... Around the safety cars, and I think he went from like second to nineteenth or twentieth. Oh yeah. After that, he got a PLP. I think it was a shocker. He got a pit lane penalty, and it was a it just ruined his race. Just and how do you then go into the boss? Like we know Roland Dane, pretty straight shooter. Yeah. Um, Could you imagine? Oh, he's definitely in the crosshairs. It's not like Roland's going to go. Oh, that's all right, Jamie. Don't worry about that. And you just know it. And you're in the car, and you're doing lap after lap after lap, and you think. I am in for the world's biggest kicking when I get out of the car here. I am going to cop it hard.
3: But he knows that feeling well, because yeah, he did it with the he did it with, with the, the fuel. fuel. <laughs> He's done it with that many things. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just like what.
2: And if he was not a seven times champ,
0: it would have been see you, mate. Mm. 100%. Not a fun day at the office there for J-Dub. That wraps up our Bendix Brakes, classic big moment. Put your foot down with confidence. Bendix Brakes, Australian technology for all weather confident braking. And that wraps up another edition of the driver's seat. Remember, you can rev up your smartphone with the driver's seat app. It's available now in the App Store and catch up on the full archive of all of our interviews and even a couple of bonus ones as well. But until next week, we'll see you then.